Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Common Spice Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Annie. Season 19, episode five. How are you feeling? Um, I have a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. I I wouldn't say that this episode was as riveting as last week, but a lot of very interesting things to analyze. Yes. I think that it's not so much about the content of the episode with this one, but rather the discussions that will take place as a result. Should we get into it? Yes, please. So as you know, we're coming off of last week, which really was an explosive fight between Kendall and Kylie, and honestly, an unlikely third party in Corey Gamble. So we're still at the Palm Springs house because remember, Kendall didn't end up leaving to LA with Kylie and Corey. She got out of the car. She spent the last night in the Palm Springs house. And Kim sitting at the pool with Courtney and Kim saying that Kendall ended up sleeping in her bedroom. She left to go to LA 8 a.m. the next morning. And Kendall's in her confessional. This is kind of how the episode starts. And she says, I'm still upset because everything escalated super quickly, and I just don't think it ever had to be that way. Corey could have been the mediator. I think that's what he should have been. But instead, he was supporting the get me out of the car comment, which as an adult, I think he should be the one being like, no need to fight. Let's get Kenny a car when we get to LA and have her picked up at the gas station. Anything. I mean, there were so many other solutions, and I don't know. It's just super offensive. I don't think I ever would have thought either of them were capable of taking it to that level with me. Kim then asked Courtney if she's spoken to Kylie. Courtney says no. And Kim then adds, she hasn't spoken to her either, but she saw Kylie posted a picture with Stas and she was like, okay, come on. Okay. Any immediate thoughts? Um, Just first that Kendall's clearly so upset and so rightfully so in my opinion. I know a lot of people had conflicting thoughts about who was actually right in the fight when they inboxed us, but I just think that Kendall being upset and Kendall's emotions towards the situation go beyond wrong or right. It's just about how upset and how disrespected and mistreated she felt during this. And I think that that has to take a little bit of precedent. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that was lacking, honestly, which I'm sure, you know, we will talk about a lot, kind of the insensitivity to the way Kendall was feeling. But you just brought up something that I kind of wanted to say at the start of the episode, which is just to be super transparent with you guys, because I think it gives a little bit more context is we watch these episodes the day before they come out so that we can have it fully ready to go and scheduled to air You know, our podcast to come out 9.30 p.m. Thursday night after the episode comes out. So I'm really glad we do it that way. The feedback has been really good. But as a result of that, you know, when we're talking about this, it's really just our honest opinion, like very kind of autonomous. We are not getting influenced by what other people are thinking. So something that I wanted to make sure I said is after the episode aired, Chris Jenner's comment section was flooded with people thinking that Corey's behavior was so inappropriate. They thought it was bizarre that he, you know, wanted to be alone in the car with Kylie. Like it was a really big conversation. People were DMing us about it. And Julie and I, you know, we knew our episode was going out. We never even mentioned that because that's not something that we had 
at all thought about. And I rewatched the episode just to see if my opinions changed. And like, I very much disagree with Corey's behavior. And I very much disagree with his behavior in this episode, which is actually uncommon because typically we are very big fans of the way Corey conducts himself. But I still personally, me, didn't get that creepy vibe. So it's not that that's something that I feel, but I just feel like we would be remiss to have this podcast and not at least mention a giant public opinion that was pretty much trending on Twitter that we didn't know was going to be the case when we were recording the episode, just like now. I'm sure there are certain things people are going to pick up on the episode that we don't know about because we're recording this before it even aired. So I feel like it's important to just say that and have that groundwork laid. What do you think? I absolutely agree with you. I think that watching the episode in retrospect, knowing that that was the opinion that a lot of people had, I can understand how they felt that way and understand why they thought that. It's not like a completely foreign concept to me that people would have jumped to that conclusion or had that thought. But personally, having seen it again and watched this episode, that's not the vibe that I got. That's not where my head went. Um, But a lot of people definitely did. Right, which is what I'm saying. Like, that's the beauty of being able to watch these shows, this and any other reality TV shows. You don't have to agree with everyone's opinion. It's just more so like respecting their different point of view. And for me, at least, I just appreciate that everybody cares that much. I don't care if we disagree. I'm just happy that you all care and want to engage in a discussion. Um, So it was very interesting kind of to see, even just in our DMs, you know, people give very kind of honest opinion. They know it's not going anywhere. They know no one's going to see it. And so a lot of people had very strong opinions on Kendall. Some, you know, we're more so siding with Kylie. Some were more so siding with Kendall. Some were siding with Corey. So we got to see all of that, but we got to see it after the fact, which is why I just kind of wanted to say that just so you all know that if there was something major public perception, we're not going to say it because we don't know about it because this is being recorded before that even happened. Exactly. Yes. One other thing from that scene, you know, Kim saying that they haven't spoken to Kylie, but that Kylie posted a picture with Stoss. What was interesting about this, which we'll actually see later on in one of the scenes with Malika, is something I'm always interested in, not just with Kardashians, just with celebrities in general. It's kind of like the conversation that happens behind the scenes after an, an Instagram post. And I know that sounds like very superficial, but I always wonder, you know, if they're fighting and someone posts, do the other people care? And for Kim to even say that, it made me think like, okay, that Kylie understood while when doing that, that that could have potentially been poorly received. Here's the thing that's always fun about these specific episodes is that most aspects of being a Kardashian, it's impossible to relate to on any level from the majority of us. However, when there is drama with friends or drama with the sisters and fighting like that, that's the one time that you're able to put yourself actually into their shoes because no matter who you are, when you're in a fight, those natural human instincts and those natural sisterly instincts start to come out and you can, no matter how famous you are, once you're at that level, we're all the same. So that's what's fun also about not only watching these episodes, but talking about them is that it's literally the one time that you can be a Kardashian and understand what they're doing and saying. It's such a good point, Julie. And it actually is so also applicable to the Corona conversation. Yes, I understand when you're a celebrity, you have access to testing earlier than most people. You have access to better care, et cetera. However, the uncertainty of what coronavirus is is something we were all feeling and they were feeling it. And we saw that during this episode too. So you're so right. Just like the basic, normal human conversations is very fun to analyze. Yeah. Okay, so next scene this is when Chloe now joins Courtney and Kim, and they're having kind of a longer discussion about the fight. They're still at the Palm Springs house. They're in one of the bedrooms. And Kim says, it just sucks for Kendall because regardless, it just felt like Corey was ganging up with Kylie. And in her confessional, Chloe says, Kendall said she heard Corey say, fuck you. And obviously that's not acceptable. I wasn't there, so I don't know what's going to happen. And this is when Chloe's kind of saying, you know, there was tension going into the night. It obviously escalated. And what Chloe was saying, which was a point that, you know, I was wondering too, is, She said, sisters can get over this. She's like, that's not really what I'm worried about. I'm more so, if you're not a sister, how easy is it to get over? Which, you know, we see this play out, but Corey was in a very uncomfortable position. Even if you want to say he put himself in the position, it still was just an uncomfortable dynamic for all of them. Yeah, definitely. And Kim was saying, you know, Kendall just has this anxiety that that she struggled with, shaking and, and being so upset and it just sets it off. She's like, I don't think that, She's had that kind of adrenaline since she's been an adult, and that's really tough. 
this was a point that I wanted to make that I thought was so interesting. Um, because I think that we obviously know about Kendall's anxiety and it's been discussed, but I think that we're a little hesitant to talk about how it applies to situations unless she herself or one of the sisters is bringing it up. I thought it was interesting to hear Kim mention her anxiety and something that I was thinking about is that it really doesn't seem like any of the others in the family suffer from the same anxiety that Kendall does. So I think that a lot of times what happens in situations like this is as much as they feel for Kendall and as much as they want to help Kendall, I don't think that they relate to Kendall's anxiety or understand her anxiety enough and the way that it affects a situation, which isn't their fault unless you're in it and unless you have that and unless you can relate as your own personal self to that. It's not the easiest thing to do to understand it. So I think that a lot of times when these things happen with Kendall, the rest of the family lacks the ability to understand what is going through Kendall's head. So it was nice that Kim acknowledged the anxiety side of it. No, you're so right. And I had the exact same thought. It It's true. It's kind of like there are definitely moments you can see in the show when their inherent personality differences really come out. And I mean that not just in the way that they're acting, but in the way that it then affects how the other people receive it. And so you are so right. It was really good of Kim to kind of acknowledge that because I don't think it's talked about enough because I don't think it's as relatable to some of the others. I mean, n- most people struggle with some sort of anxiety, so that's not what I'm saying. But Kendall's She's been transparent about saying that it's just seemingly worse than the rest of the sisters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great point. Thank you. So <laughs> next scene, it's Chloe, Kim, and Scott in Chloe's kitchen. I always say this every single time, but come on, is there a better crew? No, there's no better crew. There's just not. And they're talking about the fight, and they're also talking about Malika's baby moon. But Scott's kind of saying, you know, I can't believe that I left Palm Springs just when everything started to pop off. And Chloe was saying that she spoke to Kendall and that Kendall feels like everybody, you know, nobody's on her side. Nobody's reached out to her. And you can see Kim genuinely just does not want to get involved. And she says that. Yeah. It's a hard position to be in as a sibling because you then have to choose a side if you're, but like, I don't think that reaching out to one and making sure they're okay, especially the one in the situation that was more upset means choosing a side. Kim could have called Kendall and been like, listen, I don't want to get involved. I really don't want to choose a side. I just want to make sure you're okay. And that would have been totally, not only would that would have been fine, that's what she should have done. I feel like, I don't know if this is a completely baseless statement and it absolutely could be. I was just telling you something that I felt while watching it, which is that I almost got the sense of like, if this was Courtney or if this was Chloe or if this was somebody else, maybe that would have happen more but I feel like when it comes to Kylie they just don't want to get involved and not from the place of like they're afraid I don't think that's at all it I just don't think that they even want to go there with with Kylie and I know that going there with Kendall doesn't mean going there with Kylie but I'm saying like I don't think when it involves Kylie they're as eager to get involved is that completely bullshit no I I don't know if it's completely bullshit I I don't I can't think back on enough situations like this to know whether for sure or not that that's a thing or it just seems like a thing in this scenario, but I don't think you're off. The other thing that I will say about Kylie is that, and I think we touched on this last episode, but we got a lot of inboxes about it, which made me kind of think about it more, is a lot of people said that this situation had very little to do with Kylie's celebrity in the aspect of the family dynamic and so much to do with her being the youngest child. And that's what I think we're also seeing play out with people not wanting to deal with Kylie because when you're the baby, especially when there are that many older siblings, like you're the baby and it's always been that dynamic. And no matter how old you get, you'll always be the baby of the family. And I think that that's what we're seeing. Yeah. A lot of people said that. Really, which I don't think is something we spoke about it a little bit last week, but not that much. But a lot of people picked up on that, not necessarily in place of her potential ego, but kind of in addition to. Right. Like, because so much of her ego and so much of her personality comes from being the youngest child as it does from being famous and the level of fame that she has. Mm-hmm. So it's the family, it's it's that weird mix of like, we know who you are in terms of our family and we know who you are in terms of the world. Right, exactly, exactly. So Scott's in his confessional and he's saying, you know, in all the years I've been with the girls, I've seen some pretty decent fights go down, but I never thought there was a possibility it would be Kendall and Kylie. And it's sad. 
I feel like there's got to be a bigger reason behind it, a deeper issue, and I think there has to be a better way for everyone to communicate so it doesn't come out like this. <laughs> Personally, I just, you know, Scott wasn't there. He was very much removed from the situation, but I do appreciate his perspective, even though it was like very limited here. I just think that like he's the closest thing you're going to get to an objective third party that's also been involved. And I remember, you know, last week we were saying how we felt like we weren't sure if we were over-dramatizing the fight or if this was really a big deal. So for Scott to say it's a big deal, it makes me feel seen. Yes. And I think that Scott tends to be the voice of reason. And I think that's why it's so comforting when he speaks on something, even if he wasn't really there for it. Yeah. So they kind of switch gears now. And Chloe's saying she's really looking forward to Malika's baby moon. And this is when she kind of explains that Malika and her baby daddy aren't really together. It's been kind of a hard journey, but this is what Malika wants to do. So Chloe's going to do it for her. Again, nothing really to say here other than this is a ride or die friendship. Yes. Always. Always. Yes. The conversation quickly switches to Corona. Scott starts coughing a little and you can see this is when Kim's like, didn't you read what we sent about the CDC? You know, like it's so hard to watch this and not be like, oh, to be young and innocent. I know. It's it's like so stressful for me. I can't even explain it. Yeah, the naivety and understandable is just uh, kind of hard to watch. Yeah, it, it really, it, it definitely is. It's crazy also, you know, in that scene, they're a little bit weary when Scott's coughing, but now it's like when somebody around you coughs or sneezes or even just clears their throat, it's like you have a visceral reaction of, of being terrified. I choked on my coffee today and I was walking and my mask was down because I was drinking my coffee in like a very unpopulated area. And there was one person like probably 10 feet in front of me and I just started choking because it went down the wrong pipe. And I've never put my mask on so quickly that I was like holding it to my face and choking in it because I was so scared that they were <laughs> like, it's like, I, I can't think of a more like taboo thing to do in public. And when it's not your fault and you're like, it's not Corona and you just want to tell everybody, but you can't, it's like the worst thing in the world. It is. I know we talk about this so much. It is literally the supermarket meme. When you go to the supermarket looking like shit and you just want to tell everyone, I swear I can do better. Like that's the similar kind of feeling that you feel when you're coughing in public, non-corona related. Cause you're like, I swear I don't have it. Please don't think that I'm contagious. I know it's so stressful. It is so stressful to cough in public. Everything that you think you know about yourself and the way that you deal with social situations really switches up in a pandemic, let me tell you. You're so right. So the next scene, Chloe is with Malika and the girls, and they're at lunch on Malika's baby moon in Palm Springs. This entire scene kind of just focuses on the fact that Malika and OT aren't together. But the one line that I want to dissect, because I personally had so much to say and think about it, was Chloe was kind of just asking if they're on good terms. And Malika says, and I quote, Anything he does, if he throws a fit, I just tell his mom now. She gets him all the way together. That tactic. No, Julie, come on. That to me was like so unbelievably concerning. I, you know, listen, it's not like she's being shy about the fact that they're not in a good place and that he's not the person that she had hoped he would be. However, the way to get him to, quote, behave is to call his mom on him. Like that is not a situation that she as a grown pregnant woman should have to be dealing with. No, of course not. No one wants to be in that situation. And it's not even about them dating and having to do things together. It's like they have a baby that they're welcoming into the world. And there are certain things that she needs from him. And she needs to be able to get those answers from him. And if he's not answering and she has one way of getting that information and one way of getting him to stay on top of the things that she absolutely needs him to do, then I don't blame her for exhausting those options. It's the shittiest situation to be in. And I'm sure every single time that she has to use that option of texting his mom and asking her to ask him to do something, she's reminded of that fact. Oh, 0% part of me is blaming her. I feel terrible for her. Clearly, listen, that's not a, that is not an option I think that she is using with enthusiasm. Like I do not think that that's something that she is excited to do, but it's kind of like desperate times call for desperate measures. She is very pregnant. This guy is being a total asshole and she knows that's the only thing that gets him straight. So I get it. I'm just saying you know, that is like really, that is really shitty. That is really just fucking shitty. You are a grown man. You are have a child on the way and your mother is the one that needs to get you in line, not the mother of your future child. Come on. Incredibly shitty.
So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So they're in the car now on the way to the resort and they're kind of just talking about having children and the time that they do so. And Chloe was saying that in her 20s, you know, she tried IVF. We saw her do it with Lamar. It wasn't successful. And she's saying, you know, I'm so glad that I waited till I was in my 30s because we lived it up in our 20s. Like we wanted to do that. But I haven't really heard Chloe speak about that. So it was, I liked that conversation. Yeah, me too. It was nice to hear her say that she was happy with the way she did things. Because I think that we always, I think since having True, it's not really a question anymore of like, does she have regrets about the way she did things because it led her to this moment and she realized that it was exactly perfect how she needed it to be. But I think there was always the question mark of like, do you think she wishes she did this sooner? So it was really nice to hear her confirm that like, she's so happy with the way everything went down. Not everything, but I just mean in terms of age and children. No, of course, of course. Yeah, I know you have to make that clarification because you know there's like two people in the inboxes and being like, I can't believe you think Chloe is happy with her choices. And it's like, that is not what we meant. <laughs> it's so exhausting when people are like, when people are like, you know, you don't have to over over specify. It's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand what people are like. It's, it's cr- I've never experienced that in my life. Everybody told us that. Everybody said, just be careful when you have a podcast, people really can twist words. And that's why I would always rather over clarify than like subject ourselves to DMs of people that completely twist your words. Totally. Yeah. Um, another thing though, yes, like I think what you pointed out was great just from the perspective of Chloe herself, but I don't know if you felt this way or any other women watching felt this way. But for me, you know, we speak about this a lot. As you get older, if you want to have children and you want to do it, you know, biologically, that there's always this kind of ticking thing in the back of your mind of your biological clock. And you're constantly reminded of it by society. People are always asking, you see, you know, we're faced with just the idea of infertility and so many things that women struggle with. And I don't think are given enough compassion, but personally for me, I always find it comforting when women in their thirties feel happy that they did it then. Cause it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not in a rush. Like, not that that's how it should be. I, I, I hope to find to feel that internally, which I am. I am there, but it is additionally like comforting to hear women who chose to have their kids in their thirties be like, "You're not old." You know what I mean? Yes, and I think that more and more people that we're seeing are choosing to do that as well. Yeah, it's a very personal choice. You know, some people at eighteen years old decide they want to have a child. Some people don't want to have it till thirty-eight. Like whatever you feel is right for you. But personally, for me, to hear Chloe say that, I just. I don't know. I guess I, on some level, it was serving something that's an internal struggle for me and I appreciated it. I mean, you know, mine and Isabel's thing with the episode of Friends where she tries to calculate how, what, when she would have to start dating somebody to marry somebody to be able to have a kid at the age that she wanted to have a kid. And she realizes she has like six months to do it. And me and Isabel never spoke about this before. And then one day we're like, oh, I always skip that episode because it makes me so anxious. I can't deal with her trying to calculate what age she can have a kid. Yeah, I I can't even just the thought of it is very kind of anxiety provoking. Yeah. But it's something that, you know, if you're listening to this and you feel the same way, I can tell you you are not alone. Women don't talk about it freely enough. They're not given the space to, but it's definitely something that so many women struggle with. It's a very sensitive personal subject and however you feel about it, you're entitled to. I just think there should be more of a space where, where people can talk about it. 
I totally agree with you. Yeah. Also, just a total side note. Um, Malika was saying how like right after she has her baby, she has Glam coming in just to try to get some good photos. And Chloe kind of makes, you know, an offhand comment. And Malika's like, listen, if you weren't in Cleveland, you know you would have full glam. And you see Chloe pause for a second and then she's like, Yeah, you're right. I've wondered that about all of them. If they had glam? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we remember Kim getting ready to go, which was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. I forget about it though. So much has happened since. I know. I mean, you're going to have a full fucking glam team. Every time you sweat during childbirth, someone is going to be there with a Dyson. (laughs) Yeah, for the blowout. I don't know. Definitely no makeup. I can't be sweating and wearing makeup. You know, that's my thing. But we'll see. Is that your thing? Because I remember having a lot of fights with you about you not taking off your makeup, and I'm sure that there was some sweating involved and you still didn't listen to me. You mean when I was falling asleep after being so stoned and you were throwing Neutrogena makeup wipes at me? Yeah, like a good fucking friend. Yeah, you are a really good friend in those moments. It's, it's a terrible thing to do. I wouldn't recommend it. I would highly condemn anyone who chooses to do it, but sometimes you're just so fucking stoned and those makeup wipes seem so far away. And I know already we're going to have people in the DMs being like, don't use makeup wipes. They're very stripping. I know. I get it. And I hear you and I appreciate that. However, sometimes when you're on a 15 milligram Indica edible, the makeup wipe is just the only thing that can you know do it for you. I can't believe you just said they're so fucking far away. <laughs> I will end this podcast right here. I know, Julie, you're so cute. She really does just come to the couch, opens the thing. What would I do without you? I I don't know. I'm not even with you. I know. I mean, we haven't worn, I've worn makeup twice since March, since March. I don't recommend it. It's miserable. It's a miserable experience. And once was for a Zoom. I know. I, I've never, I haven't put on makeup for a single Zoom. <laughs> was I, I supposed to? No, I did it once. Wait, should we just yeah. really? I don't know if we're going to cut this out or keep this, but while we're here, because we can always cut it, can we just very quickly tell the story? Oh my God. Please let me tell the story. Please let me be the one to tell it. Yes, do it. We're on a Zoom meeting with like a lot of people. Like (laughs) a lot of people are in the Zoom meeting. Not a ton, but a decent amount. And me and Isabel are together. Emma's at home. And in the middle of the Zoom, all of a sudden, me and Isabel see Emma's dad walk (laughs) into the background of where Emma's sitting, shirtless. And me and Isabel are literally grabbing each other's legs. We are laughing so hard waiting for somebody else to see this. And all of a sudden, Emma's in the middle of the Zoom is like, Daddy, Daddy, get out! (laughs) And then, no, we're literally crying. And then five minutes pass. And Emma goes, I'm just going to mute myself. I have to yell at my dad because this TV is too loud. There is no other people that operate like this there's absolutely nobody in the world (laughs) and my dad was so embarrassed like he's like oh my god i'm like one of those fucking losers that you see on abc7 news doesn't know that the kid's having a zoom (laughs) it was like i don't know if we're explaining it as funny as it was but it was so funny he ran out of there once he saw oh my god i literally am i'm in tears again Julie and Isabel, like, you guys have to understand, this wasn't like a, you know, fun Zoom. This was a, a business Zoom. It was a business meeting. And Julie and Isabel are grabbing each other. I see them holding hands because they're trying not to laugh. It was just, it was amazing all around. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay. Let's take a second. Maybe we'll throw an ad in here. I don't know. We'll decide. Whew. Okay. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all new season of the Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Next scene, we are at the Kylie Cosmetics office and Kylie comes into Chris's office to kind of discuss the fight briefly, you know, explain her side of things and really more so, I think, explain why she thinks she's right. So Chris asks Kylie if she's spoken to Kendall. Kylie says no. And she says, I think that she thinks she's right in this situation and I think I'm right. So I don't know. 
Obviously, I was in party happy mode, and it's just like, I would love to have figured it out if she told me. Like, if we got in the car and she was like, you're dropping me off, right? Should we give him the address? And I'm like, no, I never agreed to drop you off. I would have loved to figure out a car for her, or I could have done anything for her. I think the whole night just got blown out of control, and it was a lot. And in her confessional, Kylie's basically saying, you know, it was a miscommunication. She feels bad because they're both upset, and the things just got really out of hand. And you can see Chris in the scene is trying to calm the situation, but I think she really feels very much like she, there's nothing that she can do, I think. Helpless is the word I'm looking for. Yes, definitely. And I think she also, if she pushes back on what Kylie's saying, then it seems like she's choosing a side. So she just has to stay super neutral. Of all of the people, she actually is the one that has to stay neutral. Yeah, and it's a weird position because it's not just her kids, it's also her boyfriend. And we'll get into that later because I have so much to say, but I don't want to say it yet. Yeah, well, we're getting right into that. So next scene, you know, this is when I think the fight drama peaks. This was kind of peak interesting for me from an analytical standpoint. You? Same. Very much so. Chris and Corey are at their dance lesson. Kendall calls Corey. He walks aside. He takes the phone call. And you see that they begin to have this very heated exchange. Before I explain what happened, is there anything you want people to have in their minds before they go into me explaining this? The only thing that I think is important to have in your mind if you didn't watch the episode or didn't pay attention closely is that when Kendall calls Corey, she was calling him back. Corey had called her originally. And Chris was like, go take it right now. Like, Even though they were in public and they were with other people, Corey was kind of showing her the phone to say, like, do you want me to take this now or should I wait a second? Like, look who's calling. And Chris could not have been more eager for him to go and take that phone call. But also, last thing that I want to say before we do that, trusting enough of the way that Corey was going to handle it, hopefully, because she didn't feel the need to walk over with him to listen to him. She just sent him away to go talk to her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all true. So Corey basically in his confessional said that the reason he had called Kendall was because he wanted to just kind of give out an olive branch, lighten up the mood and see if there was was any resolve, but she was working. She couldn't talk. So now this is her calling him back. So he answers the phone. He kind of starts it by asking if she wants to go to the Lakers game. She brushes it off. And she says, I mean, if you want to talk about what happened the other night, I'm definitely not cool with how everything went down. And I feel like you were the adult in the situation and you handled it very badly. He says, I understand, but that was you and Kylie doing that. And she says, yeah, but you wanted me out of the car. And he said, no, I didn't. That was you and your sister. And she said, you guys were yelling at me. And he said, Kendall, you guys were going on for five minutes before I even opened my mouth. You had already called us names and you had already, and she cut him off and said, I did not call anyone names. I just know what you were trying to do. And he says, no, no, no. That's what you thought. It was in your mind like you always are. We now cut to Corey in his confessional, and he said, I was just trying to figure out how to solve a problem that was really a fight between two sisters. Like I said to Chris, I wish I wasn't in the car. I wanted to get out of the car. I wanted no part of that. He says to Kendall, I'm not into your fight. That's between y'all. You keep grouping us up like it's us against you. And Kendall says, you're in the fight, Corey. You're 100% in the fight. You said, fuck you to my face. You can't even say I'm sorry. He said, because you're sitting here telling me it went somewhere that it didn't go. You're sitting here telling me I had a purpose to be against you. Kendall now in her confessional saying, of course, Corey's going to try and deflect from saying fuck you to me by putting it all on me and Kylie and saying it's only me and Kylie's fight because he doesn't want to be on bad terms with my mom. So I just don't really know how to feel about it. It doesn't make me feel nice. Corey says, let me tell you one thing so you understand, Kendall. You've been a rude person for years. Man, you're an asshole when you feel like it. You get riled up for no reason. And she says, what did you call me now? He says, no, 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 no. I'm about to tell you the truth about how you are. You don't apologize for nothing. You get into one thing, now you've got something to run and harp on, and you're tripping. And Kendall says, you don't even know me, and just because I don't kiss your ass doesn't mean I'm an asshole. Corey says, kiss my ass? I don't fuck with you. Nobody kissing my ass. What the hell are you talking about? And Kendall says, the fact that I can't even get an apology? And Corey says, why do you keep saying I kicked you out? First of all, how do I kick you out? Kendall says, you're a fucking bystander, and you were letting this whole thing happen. You were trying to get me a car to get in, which I already knew what you were trying to do. Corey says, I was just trying to make sure you were straight, man, and that was it. You don't even know what you're talking about. In her confessional, Kendall says, I'm already pretty frustrated with the whole situation and hurt and offended. Corey, he's just not right in the situation, and I'd rather him just admit it and say sorry and man up. But if that doesn't happen, then we're just going to continue to go in circles. Then she said to him, if the roles were reversed, I would have felt immediate guilt, maybe five minutes after it happened. Then in her confessional, Chris is saying, I still feel really bad about what happened, and I feel really bad for Kendall that she's so upset. But I also don't like being put in the middle between my girls and Corey, and it just feels really uncomfortable. 
Kendall then says to Corey, the way it was handled was just really wrong. Corey says to her, everything was wrong. Y'all shouldn't have been fighting just like I told her. But look, sisters fight. This ain't you and Kylie's first rodeo. So it's not like I'm responsible for y'all jumping at each other about some simple dumb shit. And in his confessional, Corey says, you know, it's unfortunate that this situation happened the way it did, but I feel bad that again, my lady has to go through a situation to where I'm kind of put in the middle of a misunderstanding. He then says to Kendall, I'm telling you, you jumped to a conclusion too soon, but believe whatever you want to. I'm not tripping. End scene. Whew. I couldn't have more to say. Okay, you go first. Me too. I'm like bursting at the scene. Okay, I have like 98 points. But the first thing that I want to say just before we get into anything is that I do not approve on any level of the way that Corey spoke to Kendall during this conversation. 100% agree with you. Not his place. Very baseline and that I want like I'm sure we'll get into a deep discussion. Very baseline if you want my initial thought. He 1000% should have apologized and nowhere here was there an apology. Nowhere. So the thing with this situation is going back to so much of it goes back to the anxiety discussion and about the rest of the family not truly understanding where Kendall is coming from with those things. The idea that Kendall has in her head that Corey's sole purpose in this fight was kicking her out of the car, getting her out of the car because he didn't want to be with her. That's the anxiety talking, 100%. Corey, knowing that and saying, like, it's in your head, you know it's in your head, it always is like that, should have been able to move past that point. It's not an attack on his character, and he was treating it like it was. It wasn't. That was Kendall's own thing that she has to work out for herself, and it's not something that Corey's going to be able to solve by saying, no, that's not what I meant. Second point. The fuck you not being addressed is huge here. because. He either needed to say, I did not say that. You may have heard something in the heat of the moment, but I promise you I did not and I would not say that to you. Or two, I did say that. I'm really sorry. I should not have said that. Either of those two things, to not acknowledge it at all is so wrong. Oh, I completely, completely agree. And actually, if he wants to, you know, if he's trying to say that he never said that, which he never, he really never denied it. But if he, if that's the goal in, in not acknowledging it, to me, it's only making him look worse. Right. And the point that Kendall should have been harping on was that Kendall keeping bringing up the whole idea of Corey wanting to kick her out of the, out of the car, even if deep, deep, deep inside of her, she truly believed that's what's happening. It's not a point that she's going to be able to get across because there's no proof of that. And I understand that feeling of like, I know this to be true. And no matter how many people say to me, it's not, I know that that's what happened. I understand how difficult and frustrating that feeling is. I 100% get it. But there are certain times where that's just going to be a lost battle, unfortunately, because no one can understand what's going on in your head and you don't have the proof to back it up. So what Kendall probably should have done in this situation is dropped that point just for the sake of clarity and just for the sake of moving forward and getting what her actual upset across was and focused on the way that he acted in terms of not choosing her side and in terms of the way he spoke to her. And I think that not that Corey would have been necessarily more receptive to that, but he was so hyper-focused on the fact that he thought that Kendall thought that the whole thing was about getting her out of the car and he couldn't move past that either. Oh, spot on, spot on. It was because, because then what started to happen was he felt, he felt like he had to defend his motives. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to defend your actions than it is to defend your motives. Yes. Yes. And, and, what they were talking about was something that didn't have tangible proof. The fuck you was much more of like an incident they could point to, you know, Listen, not to bring it up to this because truly, honestly, a hundred million percent, I did not feel this way. I know a lot of people did, and I respect people that felt this way. But I'm wondering if the one of the reasons, potentially, perhaps, that Corey was so hyper focused on defending himself was because he thought the optics of that doesn't look good. You know, when you are arguing with your girlfriend's child, the last thing you want is that the public perception that you wanted to be alone in the car with one of her kids, which like, again, to me, it wasn't a creepy thing, but I'm wondering if he felt that way. And that's another reason he was so defensive. I don't know. Possibly. I think that his thought process was not even going there. So maybe he wouldn't have even thought that at all, especially because of how often he is with Kylie, but I'm not sure. Um, Also, my biggest thing with Corey here is like, if you care so much about Chris 
not being in the middle of this and you care so much about how upset Chris is, then make this easier on her and be the bigger person and just tell Kendall that she was right and that you're sorry. Because for you to keep defending yourself and the way you acted in a situation, instead of just being like, okay, my girlfriend's daughter is really upset with me. That's not going to look good for me. And that's not going to be good for my girlfriend. And I need to do something about it. I'm the adult here. Let me just put an end to this. Even if you think you're wrong, your ego cannot get in the way of a fight when it's with your girlfriend's daughter. There's just no way. Julie, that is that was the point that I wanted to make exactly spot on. I found myself watching that and I was so deeply frustrated because what Corey was saying and then what he was doing were completely misaligned. If you are really going to sit here and say, like he said before, that his number one goal is keeping Chris happy, and I do believe that. I genuinely believe that he wants Chris I, I believe that he wants himself to be the least stressful part of Chris's day. I think he recognizes how much she has going on, and I don't think his intention is ever to bring additional stress into her life. However, if that is the hill you're going to die on, if that is your number one motive, then you know something? When you're in a fight with her daughter, you just suck it up. You are the grown adult here. I recognize him and Kendall are both adults, but in this particular situation, she is the kid. You are the adult. And to me, I felt it was such a pride thing. It was such an ego thing. It was such a... I'm not even going to say that it was a, a gender situation, like a, a mansplaining type thing. I just think it was somebody who could not get out of his own way. And also, the way that he spoke to her in that moment where he's explaining her character deficits to her and saying, like, you know, you never apologize. You can be a real asshole when you want to be. All of these things, not his place at all. If he had a bone to pick with her about their relationship, then he could have worded that so much better. And he could have said, listen, obviously there's a disconnect between the two of us. I feel like we've never really gotten along. I feel like you've never really warmed up to me. And I would like to talk about that more because I think that's how it plays into this situation. Fine. You want to go there? Fine. But you cannot start calling out character flaws that she has as ammo in your fight with her. That's not fair. Not only is it not fair and like deeply wrong, it's also just not, it's not logical if your goal is resolution. That's fighting 101. You talk about the incident. The second you start bringing people's character flaws into it, 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 it spirals. And if you notice, she didn't do that. Maybe she led a little bit wrong. Maybe she led more so with, like I said, trying to analyze his motives versus the actual incident, but she never once made a broader claim as to who he is as a person. Exactly. And the last thing that I have to say about this, and this could involve behind the scenes that we don't get to see or we'll never get to see, but I'm assuming that at any point, Chris didn't understand the extent of this conversation and won't until she sees this. Like, she won't get the full scope of what happened during this fight until she probably rewatches the episode. But if there's not a conversation between Chris and Corey about the way that Corey spoke to Kendall, then there's something off about the relationship between Chris and Corey. Julie, I totally agree with you. I feel a little bit weird making that statement because, like, I don't know what goes on, but I do think there's a certain dynamic that has to be in place when you're dealing with, like, a mom and then their boyfriend there's just a boundary that isn't crossed in terms of the way that you speak to someone and I felt it was very off I did too and I like Corey like I'm not saying that this episode changed my whole opinion of Corey forever and I can never get on board with him I think he's really great to Chris and I think that he's really protective of the whole family and I hope that his intentions are really in the right place and just in the heat of the moment it doesn't come out the way that he intends it because I do think that about him but I think he crossed the line with this situation and I didn't, I don't think he rectified it the way that he needed to. And I don't think that Chris was hard enough on him about it because as Chris, you're right. You can't choose between Kendall and Kylie, but you can definitely and should definitely. And in every scenario, definitely pick your daughter's side and listen to what she's saying and fix that. If your boyfriend is the one that's causing it, you have to take your daughter's side. I mean, listen, I, have never been put in that situation before. I don't have divorced parents or parents who are dating other people. But I can imagine as a child that the worst part of that scenario would be if your mom was willing to listen to her boyfriend, no matter how long they've been together, no matter how much you like him, no matter how part of the family he feels, I can imagine that that would be a really shitty feeling. And I can imagine that this fight will escalate or would escalate if Chris's compassion 
for Kendall in this situation doesn't go to the extent that it needs to. Well, I agree with you, but I have a question. Do you think that behind the scenes, other than in the actual Escalade after Kendall got out of Kylie and Corey's car, do you think that Kendall has been going to Chris in this? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of behind the scenes that we're not going to get. Chris and Corey could have already had a conversation about the way that he handled it. Chris and Corey could have already had a conversation about the way he spoke to Kendall on the phone. The fact of the matter is that it's not like a regular TV show where if you don't see it, it didn't happen because it's a script. It's a reality TV show, and there's a lot that we're never going to get to have. But the way the show portrays it is that Chris was very nonchalant about how upset Kendall was at Corey. I completely agree with you. I don't know if people, everybody else will agree. It's a little, you know, I definitely find myself when we're recording these feeling like we're falling without a net because we don't even have, like, we don't have the general public consensus on our side. We're just really saying our own raw thoughts and hoping that people will agree or at least not agree, but it will at least think that they're valuable. Um, I don't know how people are going to react to that scene, but I so, so, so agree with you. It made me uncomfortable and I felt like, I felt if I was Kendall, I would have been a little bit more upset that my mom wasn't being as compassionate to my feelings as I felt she maybe should have. But maybe that's not their dynamic. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The The dynamic is something that I personally can't relate to, so it's hard to understand on that level. Um, and somebody had actually inboxed us something really interesting about the way Kendall must feel in the family just all of these other events that have gone on within the family and how that specifically affects Kendall and Kylie more than anyone else. Um, and how Kylie's relationship with Corey has kind of helped her get past that, that Kendall doesn't have that. If, if that's what I'm saying makes sense, we may end up cutting this. Um, so I just think that's an interesting way to examine it too, is to how Kendall feels in the family and what her family position is versus Kylie's. Yeah, no, you know, those are all the things that play in, which we kind of get glimpses of, but we don't really know to the full extent. Right. Although, you know, damn well, if we ever have any of them on here, that is something that I would love to ask. Me too. Okay, next scene, we are back in Palm Springs at Malika's Baby Moon. I know, you know, in comparison to the rest of this episode, this doesn't feel as exciting, but it was a big moment for her. And I thought this particular conversation was so, so, so something that I care about when she's talking about the Instagram DMs. Yes? Yes, me too. So basically, Malika had checked her DMs and someone DM'd her and it was a screenshot of her OT, her baby daddy's messages with another girl. And Malika responded to the girl and said, not my man, not my problem. She's saying in her confessional, basically, she doesn't want to deal with the scrutiny of it, etc. Malika then posted on her story and said, please stop sending me my ex's news. I'm single, not my business. And when I get some news, hold that too. So they're all kind of laughing about this. And this is when you see Chloe have this reaction of like, you just posted that. And, you know, Malika didn't have to go through a publicist. Malika just had that thought. She was pissed in the moment and she posted it. And I felt like it was a really interesting example of the way that a Kardashian has to handle things versus like anyone else. Like, when Malika did this, it was a news story, but it's not like a news story when Khloe Kardashian does it because everybody assumes it's about Tristan. It's so much more magnified. You know, Khloe has to be so much more um, like calculated in her social media approach. So yeah, we all think Khloe may be giving us signs by posting a fuck ton of quotes, and maybe she is. She would never do it in the way that that Malika did it. And I actually think in that moment, Chloe was like, holy shit, but maybe a part of her was a little envious that she can't just give off that emotion as freely as she wants to without it being a worldwide news story. It's so funny that that was your view of the situation. What was yours? Mine was, I felt like it was strangely relatable and had nothing to do with being a celebrity. I felt like it had everything to do with the fact that Malika posted a very weird, like socially lacking social cues story and everyone else was like you posted that that's so weird that's how it felt like to me that everyone else in the room was reacting oh i didn't feel that way at all because that's i think so interesting. It, no but because if you follow malika that's not that's not out of the norm for her like malika malika um 
what's the way that I want to say this? I think that the way that she handles her social media is a little bit different. Like, I don't think that that's such a crazy thing for her to do. I just think that it was more so, I don't know, interesting. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I'm trying to think about it as I'm talking. I don't know. You're making the same point, which is why it's funny. It's not that it was out of the blue for her. It was like, she's that one friend that everyone has that posts weird things on social media. And even though it's consistent behavior for them, and even though you're used to it, and it's perfectly on par with everything that they do on social media, it's not on par with the rest of the way that everyone else uses it or the way that you yourself would use it. So even though they do it all the time, it still catches you a little bit off. But do you think, and yes, I agree with you, but do you think that any of Chloe's reaction was magnified by who she is and by what she knows the media storm would be if she posted that or you think she was completely removing herself um no i i don't think that it had anything to do with chloe thinking about the media storm of what it would be if she did that because i think that chloe gets the same whether it's a subtle quote or a blatant thing she gets the exact same response from the media and i just don't think that in that moment she was thinking about media response or I wish I could post something so blatant on my story. I just think she thought it was like a funny, weird thing of Malika to do. I think I'm in the middle. I think it was a funny, weird thing of Malika, but also like a, holy shit, if I ever did this, I can't even imagine. I think it was like, you just had that thought and you just posted it. Whereas to her, it's like, no fucking way. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what's right. But that's, that's so interesting that we were viewing that in that way. Very. Because we don't often view things so drastically different. And this was such a minor thing. I like it though. I don't know. I know. I don't even think that there's necessarily a right or wrong. I think more people, I would imagine more people would agree with you because I think yours is probably more commonly like, I I don't know. I think more people will agree with you. Not, not agree. It's not a disagreement, but like, we'll think the way that you thought is just interesting. I don't know. I'm obviously now curious. I love, I I just want to say, we say this all the time, but I really, really mean it. Like we get so many DMs that realistically, if I'm being honest, we're not going to open them all because it's just too stressful to feel like you have to reply. I don't like leaving people on read, but please, please, please DM your thoughts because they don't go into an abyss. We read them, even though we're not necessarily going to reply because there's so many, we read them and it helps us to be better podcasters. I say this on the Bravo one all the time. Like that is to me the rawest form of people's opinions because it's on a non-public forum. They know we're not going to share them. They feel like we're friends from the podcast, which we feel like we are with you guys too. So you're just speaking like you would talk to your friend. And I think it genuinely makes us more informed. So please, please do that. Like if you watch the episode and you had a thought, DM it to us immediately. A million percent. Yeah. Um, you know, basically the rest of this scene is kind of them just on this baby moon. And again, the concern of Corona is very, is very apparent. Yes. It stressed me out so much to see them in a casino. Every time they were touching the chips, everything, seeing everybody there, I like couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I mean, I just, you know, all I could think about in the scene is like the way that Malika I think it was kind of like there's two types of people in this world, right? Like the people that want to celebrate their baby moon this way is like, this is my final hurrah. Fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. And then the people that want to be in a robe, not get out of it and kind of just like lounge in bed for the entire time with like maybe an in-room pedicure. I'm much more the latter and Malika's much clearly the former. And you could tell Chloe wanted to be the former, but was going to be a good friend and do the latter. But to me, like, I know you were probably having the same reaction of like, how is this enjoyable? I know I was a hundred percent, but what was so funny to me, and I may have been the only person who thought this was hilarious is that Malika's whole thing with this hotel casino was cracking me up. What do you mean? Just the fact that like she was, it's not like this is a place that they all frequent. Like this was just her place. Like she goes, she said it in an earlier scene where she's like, I come here once every single year. I get a cabana by myself. I eat and I drink and I watch Maury Povich. But as she's like here, like it's like her home. Like she is walking around like she fucking owns the place. The waiter comes over and is like, hi, Malika. Nice to see you again. Like this is Malika's happy place. And all of them are so confused because Chloe's obviously never been here before. None of them have ever really gone. And this, the place that Malika chooses of all places is this place that she goes to once a year for her. Like her special trip is the place that she frequents every single year. I just thought it was so funny like her attachment and her walking around like being like oh these this is every good thing on the menu and they're like how many things have you ordered off this menu she's like a lot I come here all the time 
First off, yes. And second off, as you were talking, the only thing I could think of is Malika at this casino is Julie at this deli on West End Avenue by my apartment. It is the littlest deli. Julie walks in like she owns the place. You could be visiting Julie from Paris, France. She will take you to this deli and be like, okay, over here is the Panini station. Like she will take you around. It's her happy place. It's where she finds her biggest joy. You at that deli is Malika in this casino in Palm Springs. Tell me that's not absolutely accurate. No, you're a hundred percent correct. Right? Yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. Like you're so familiar with the guy that makes the salads, you know exactly which water bottle you're going to get. You know where the ice cream freezer is. Like you just know that place down pat. You're a hundred percent right. I can't argue with you on any level. (laughs) It's an honor. It's truly an honor to know that place so well. (laughs) Okay. Next scene, you know, Chris and Corey, they come back from dancing and really the meat of the scene is them just talking about the fight with Kendall. And Chris is asking him about it. And Corey says, it went nowhere because she has her opinions. To me, fights are going to happen in the family. So I don't feel no way about what happened. I just wish I wasn't in the middle of it. Chris is, of course, saying she feels like she's in the middle, even though she wishes she wasn't. And he says, the whole thing is blown out of proportion because we're talking about a scuffle. I I wish it would just stay between the sisters. And Chris says to him, I mean, we have a huge family. Everybody had disagreements and you're both trying to defend yourself. He says, you have a tight-knit circle. It's just going to get combative from time to time, but I wish it would have never happened. And she says, hopefully it'll work itself out. It's awkward. It's an awkward exchange. Very. Very, well, right? Because Corey's leaving a lot out of the conversation. Right. And at this point, you don't know what Chris knows. Right. Okay, we're in the home stretch here. So yeah. Chloe is with Chris, and this is when we see Chloe starting to feel a little bit sicker. She's wearing a mask, and... This is when she's reading the report from the WHO saying that Corona is being confirmed in the area. It's being declared a health emergency. And, you know, of course, now for us watching, it seems so crazy. But for them, this was their first interaction with the severity of this disease. It's funny the um, masks in the beginning. I forgot what that was like. My mom actually reminded me of this recently because... Chris is so, like, confused by Chloe's in a mask. She's, like, can't wrap her head around it. She's, like, what are you doing in that thing? And I forgot how unnatural it was to wear them. And my mom reminded me recently that when we were supposed to go to L.A., very early on, she had texted me and said, you cannot go unless you're wearing a mask on the plane. I was, like, I'm not wearing a mask on a plane. That's ridiculous. And she always likes to be, like, remember when you thought it was going to be ridiculous to wear a mask on the plane? Like, that's the same feeling that I got. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. It was a foreign concept to all of us, I think, in the beginning. But now I forget what it's like to even think it would be weird to wear a mask. Oh, I mean, I can't even, same. I am not me without my mask. I mean, by the way, I love the mask look. But that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, that's a whole separate conversation we could do. Yeah, without letting people see the lower half of my face this whole time. <laughs> a mask and sunglasses is seriously, seriously the best look I've ever had. If you're famous also, like if you're a celebrity, I can imagine how freeing that must be. Oh my God. God bless you guys. Yeah. Honestly, today I walked into my coffee place and he recognized me and he was like, you're usual. And I was like, you know me with a mask on? That's a good thing, Julie. That means you have, that means you have very defining features. No, it means that I buy an $8 coffee every day. (laughs) Yeah, you sent that to me today. You're like, I got to stop. I have. It's, we'll talk about it after. It's the best coffee. Okay, so we are in the final scene. They're at Kendall's house for her ARC Digest read. I just have to say, when I first saw Kendall immediately before I knew it was for this, I, of course, was like, oh my God, that was what she's wearing on ARC Digest. I didn't think I realized it was going to be part of the episode, but that is an outfit that is very hard to forget. Yes, very hard. By the way, shameless plug here, <laughs> not an ad. If you still are listening to this and you have not watched Kendall's ARC Digest video, it's so good. You're going to you are going to watch that and you're going to just fall in love with the house. I really, really recommend it. If you're by chance listening to this and you haven't gotten around to watching it, it's worth a watch. It's better than, it's not better than Storm than Stormy's Halloween cookies, but it's better than Chris doing Kylie's makeup. Significantly better. Hot take. No, you're no, gonna- I'm not going to say it. What? I was going to say it might be better than Stormy making cookies. No, I don't disagree with you. It's yeah, it, it is. Only because not content-wise, not content-wise, story-making cookie is the best content you'll ever get. That, no offense, you guys, but none of you guys are going to have a Stormy. None of you. No one, ever. In the history of the world, we'll have another Stormy. You could have a gorgeous green kitchen. Right. Exactly. That's true. That's true. And you're not wrong. That, that light-up sign, there's a lot there. There's yeah. a lot there. 
Anyway, Chloe's not really feeling well, but she wants to go to Kendall's house just to show her support. And they're talking about the conversation that Kendall had with Corey. And she's basically saying to Chloe, you know, I told him that it was disrespectful and I couldn't have handled it better. And he just kept repeating a lot of the same thing. And she says, I know I deserve an apology. You have not given me one. I'm off the phone. I'm done. And it's Corey's just one side of the equation. Chloe says, I talked to mom yesterday and I was like, I think you need to try to get Kendall and Kylie to speak. Kendall says, she's not reached out to me. Honestly, I didn't expect anything less. And in her confessional, Kendall says, I haven't heard from Kylie in a week. And that's kind of another slap in the face. There's been multiple times in the past couple of days that I thought about calling her and just being the bigger person, but I kind of want her to grow up and realize that what happened was wrong and that I do deserve that phone call. And she's talking to Kendall, uh, she's talking to Chloe and she says, I have a big ego too, but it, you know, it's not to the level where I wouldn't be able to put it aside to do what was right in a situation. And you see Chloe in her confessional just saying she hasn't seen Kendall and Kylie fight like this in years and that something's really going to need to be figured out because they're both really adamant about their positions. And that's kind of, you know, that's where it ends really. It's crazy. You're right. We really don't ever see Kendall and Kylie fight, but I guess that's also, they're not, part of me was wondering whether or not it just, we don't see it on screen because they don't film or if it doesn't really happen. So it's interesting to hear them say that like, they're not big fighters at all. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like I said last week, it's twofold. On one hand, seeing them fight is crazy, but seeing this much of them in general is also kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like Kylie is not normally a plot line in recent seasons because she's been so removed. So even though we only saw her for one scene here, the fact that she's even a plot line is a thing. By the way, not even to get into this now because I know we're done, but for at least the last season, they should all have to be like mandatory time with it. They should go out with a bang and they should go out the way that the show is meant to be. And all of them should be regulars on the show, Kendall and Kylie included. Rob can do what he wants. I don't want to force him to do anything. But don't you agree with me? I mean, in my ideal world, of course. Yeah. It's like I think I have respect. Yeah, like not forgetting their roots kind of thing. Yeah, go out with a bang. This is your 20th season of a show that gave you everything that you have. Do it right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's a hard case to sell to them, but I totally agree. I also, this is so unrelated, but we got so many DMs of people being like, why is no one talking about the core of the fight, which was the clothing, which clearly, as we discussed, it wasn't about the clothing, but everybody's like, how do all of them fit into the same thing? Like they all have such different body types. They're all so different. And it's true. It's kind of like, you wouldn't look at Kendall and Kylie and think that they'd be wearing the same clothes, but I guess when they need to make it work, they just do. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention about anything? I'm sure there are things that we forgot, but that's why we have our listeners that will tell us points that we may have missed. I mean, we're not perfect. We just analyze it the best that we can. I am sh- Oh my God, hold on. Matthew McConaughey commented true story. Shut the fuck up. On our overhead right now, nine minutes ago. <gasps> hold Keep on. This in. Keep this in. Keep this in. Don't, don't hold stop on. That's so fucking good. <laughs> Who sent that to us? I we got it sent to comments. Oh. Do you think someone sent it to him? I don't know. Did we tag him in it? Yeah. Maybe. Wait, format it and send it to me. We may end up cutting this, but let's keep it in just in case we don't. This is our process. Oh, I'm like shaking. Wait, do you think he followed? I don't know. Go check while I format. Do you want me to zoom in on his comment or leave it as is? A little zoom. Okay. I would do sick shit for him to follow. He doesn't even follow regular CBC. Wait, if in case anybody, if we keep this in and nobody knows what we're talking about, we started an account with Overheard LA called Overheard Celebs. I really, like, we are so proud of it. I really think you would love it. It's just, like, people's interactions with celebrities. And we always tag the celebrity in, like, a rare event that they'll comment. Miley commented a few weeks ago. But Matthew McConaughey, holy fuck. Hold on. I'm sending it to you right now. You didn't do the caption, right? No, I didn't include the caption. Did you need me to? No. No, of course not. In our caption that we should do, like how we did with Miley, like a, a CTA of people to um, follow. And like, I know we don't normally do that, but let me actually look at what we did with for Miley. I'm fucking losing my mind. That's so fucking good, Em. Um, it's doing so well, Julie. I'm so fucking happy. All I right. Think this, I think this is going to get us to 100K on that. I hope so. 
We have to keep some of this in. We'll decide after. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for that interruption, although I'm not sorry because I actually think that was probably fun to hear the process, but holy fuck, I can't believe that just happened. Anyway, back to Kardashians. Um, I don't even remember exactly where we ended off, but what I will say is that one, I think it shows how much Chloe cares about Kendall being there in general. And I think second of all, just the entire, like they left us at a point where I have a million questions. I want to know about Corey. I want to know what her, what, you know, what before Corey and Chris are falling asleep, what they're talking about. I want to know the first time Kendall and Kylie talk. Like there are a million questions that I have and hopefully we'll get some answers in the next episode. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I mean, I obviously could not have more opinions about this, which I said early on in the episode. This is entirely an episode about like analyzing what all of them are saying and not as much about the plot, but holy fuck, is it interesting to do that. Unbelievably. Anyway, anything else you want to add about anything? No, I'm, I feel so good to get all of that off my chest, truly. No, me too. This was therapy. This is, this is why I can't even push you for therapy because I think that this is your therapy and I can appreciate that. Perfect. <laughs> okay. We love you guys so much. Like I say it a lot, but like, I really, really mean it. I just, these are our people. You guys just get it. You guys care about the little things. We'll talk about this next week, but you care about that group chat that Kim Kardashian posted. And you want to know what those little fucking text bubbles say about whose name is who you're like us. You get it. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have Kardashian friends who are Kardashian enthusiasts and they don't know about this podcast, please tell them. I know our main one is like more the one that people listen to. It obviously does better every week and I get it, but we are, I don't think we'll ever stop doing this because it just, it makes us so happy. And thank you to those of you who listen and we will see you guys on Monday. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Naughty Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.